I looked around the room, marveling at how quiet it had quickly become. I mean, just moments before we were singing the doxology at the end of our morning time, and now crickets. The kids were gone, off to find a snack, to go to the restroom, or even out the front door. They had lists of things to do to finish their school day, but the dreaded transition had struck again. How in the world was I going to get them back? Hi everyone, I'm Pam Barnhill and I have helped thousands of homeschoolers beat burnout, create doable systems and bring more joy to their homeschool days. Welcome to episode 60 of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. Transitions, that's what we're talking about today. And you may be wondering, like, what exactly is Pam talking about? What is a homeschool transition? And I have to tell you, like, nothing derails a homeschool day faster. Okay, maybe a toddler, maybe a toddler derails a homeschool day faster, but transitions, they're right up there. And very simply, this is the finishing of one task or section of your day and the beginning of another major task or section of your day. And that's what a transition is. It's kind of that time in between. So maybe it's the transition from morning play into your academic work. Maybe it's the transition from morning time to independent work. Or maybe it's the transition from working with one kid to working with another. These are all examples of transitions and they can all be friction points in your homeschool. And this is because a more formal activity is ending and another has not yet started. And so kids view this little relaxed time as a moment of freedom. And, you know, quite frankly, I really can't blame them. And they desire to extend that freedom for as long as possible. So they can often be resistant to come back to you and move into the next part of the school day. And honestly, this desire for freedom can absolutely drive a mom nuts because she has to round up the kids once more to complete the rest of the school day. And so this episode is all about what do we do about some of these transitions? For years, I struggled with beginning our school day. And this was because my kids had their own agendas each morning. I mean, the last thing they wanted to do was to put down their preferred activity and get the day started. So They would be playing Legos, they might be even watching uh, Octonauts on TV, or they might be playing outside on the trampoline or playing with the dog, or, you know, reading a book or playing with My Little Pony or whatever it was they were doing, and they just did not want to stop when I wanted them to get started. And so I started playing a song at the beginning of our school day each day. Now, you could play any song that you want to play. I happened to play a Matt Mars, All the People Said Amen, and it was kind of a a lively tune. And I taught them that when they heard the song, they had until the song ended to come to the table and be ready to start the day. And this just made everyone begin in a much happier mood because, you know, the song was better than mom yelling to start the school day. And also the song gave them a buffer of a few minutes where they could kind of finish out what they were doing and come and be ready to start the next part of the day. So it didn't take very many tries before they knew that the opening chords meant, hey, let's get started. And they knew exactly how long it was before they needed to be seated and ready to go. 
We've also used a similar song hack for after morning time. There was a period of time where my kids were all deeply involved in arts and crafts projects during our morning time. And, you know, that might be something like rainbow loom or perler beads or watercolors or Play-Doh. And they would just strew this huge mess all across the morning time table. And so instead of it being a struggle or a fight to get them to clean up once morning time was done, as soon as we finished our morning time, I would play another song. In this case, it was the Archie's Sugar Sugar. Don't ask me how that one became the song we used, but everybody loved it at that time. And so that was the one we did. And they would use that period of time that the song was playing to dance around and pick up and clean up everything and grab their clipboards. At that point, we were putting their independent work on clipboards and be ready to start their independent work. And so the song creates a great time limit for any kind of activities. And the kids recognize the time limit and they adhere to it because they know exactly how long they have before the song ends. Now, you could also set a literal time limit by using some kind of timer or alarm. Uh, My friend Dawn Garrett did this for years. At the end of morning time, she would give her kids a 30-minute break. And so they actually got to use that 30 minutes of break time as a, a homeschool recess to do whatever they wanted. The only caveat was at the end of the 30 minutes, her little timer alarm would go off and they had to immediately come back and be ready to finish the rest of their school day. Now, this worked because this was kind of a hard and fast line that Dawn drew in the sand and there were consequences if you did not come back on time. So any of Dawn's kids who didn't come back at the end of the alarm period would have to miss their break the next day. So in order to keep their break, they had to actually adhere to the time limit. And by setting up that consequence, they were able to smoothly bypass that transition, have a little break and move into the next part of the day. You could also use a timer for uh, meals like starting after breakfast or starting back after lunch. You could also set an alarm on some kind of uh, home management device like an Alexa or a Google Home or something like that so that it would start your uh, start your countdown for you by uh, doing the alarm and everybody would know this is the time that we come and start school. Another way that you can make transitions easier is by eliminating them. And uh, hear me out on this one, because I actually like a school day that has very few transitions in it, very few times when kids have an opportunity to get derailed. And this was especially true when my kids were younger. So when everybody was eight years old and younger, or even nine years old and younger, we mostly handled our transitions by not having them at all. And so what we would do is we would finish our morning time. We would do our little cleanup. The kids would immediately grab their clipboard. So we did not take a break, but we knew that we were going to finish before lunch. And so our entire school day for everyone from nine years old and below was about two and a half, maybe sometimes three hours long. So we could totally get it done between nine and 12. And if my kids had a little bit of downtime during that period, they were always snacking. They could totally go grab a snack. 
snacks. So I wasn't holding snacks from them, but I also didn't make their snacks. So at the end of our morning time, they would grab their clipboards and I would always start with the youngest. And really this is key, is you start with the youngest child and you get them done first because they have the shortest attention span and they also have the least amount of work that needs to be done. So I would grab my youngest and we might work for 30 minutes after morning time. He would be done with all of his work and he would scamper off to play. And then I would move to my next oldest child. So then I would work with my middle child. And so about an hour to an hour and a half after morning time, he was finished and he would scamper off to play. And then finally, I would finish with my oldest child. Now, what this allowed me to do is I would pad the kids' checklist with a few things that they could do on their own. So this might be like educational videos or games, and they would do this right there in the room with me at the computer, and they would have their headphones on. They would also practice typing, practice handwriting. Once your letter formation is good and established, you don't have to look over their shoulder the entire time, and handwriting is typically something they could do on their own. They might listen to an audiobook for 10 to 20 minutes. Um, once again, with a set of headphones on right there where you can see them, my kids enjoyed a number of different audiobooks. One was uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins was a favorite that they enjoyed, or Dr. Doolittle was another one. I had some animal lovers, and so they really enjoyed those kind of audiobooks, and that was on their list every day. They could also do some map work or map tracing. Uh, They might watch their math DVD. And as they got older, they were able to start working on some of their math independently. Maybe they would do some typing practice, or you could even have them narrate by drawing a picture of what they had learned about in another subject the day before or that day. And then later when it was their turn to meet with you, they could tell you about the picture that they had drawn if they're particularly young. So no one left the schoolroom until they were done with school for the day. And I didn't leave until everyone was finished. And this was really great, uh, you know, because our entire school day was about three hours long at the most. And we just got it done. And I didn't constantly have to go off looking for people and trying to pull them back once again from the agenda that they had set for themselves to what I needed them to do. Now, once the kids are old enough, you could actually put one of them in charge of making lunch for everyone. And that kind of eliminates the problem of, you know, how do we do a lunch break? It helps you in particular to stay focused. And I tell you, now that my kids are teens, we rarely stop for lunch. Everyone's able to cycle through the kitchen at some point, grab their own lunch, some kind of sandwiches or leftovers, or they like to cook things in the air fryer, and then we just eat while continuing our work. Even me, I'm sitting there, you know, with one of the older kids and maybe helping proofread a composition or do some corrections or something like that. And I'm munching on my sandwich at the same time. So that lack of a hard stop for lunch actually helps us to push through and finish strong. The last thing I'll say about this is, you know, any homeschool suggestions like these, you really have to 
test some of these out and see what works for you. You may find that something here really, really does solve a transition problem for you, or maybe not. And you have to keep trying. You have to keep looking for things. But there are solutions to your problem. And every family is going to be able to utilize different solutions and eventually find something that will work for them. So I would love to hear how you handle transitions in your homeschool and if you found any of these things helpful. I'll be back again next week. I'll be chatting with my good friend, Sarah McKenzie, about Waxwing Books, which is her new boutique children's publishing arm of Read Aloud Revival. She is working on making children's publishing a little more beautiful, and she's going to tell us how she got started with that endeavor. Until then, keep on homeschooling. <laughs>